Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Steven. Um, my name is Patrice. So I am just calling you to let you know that I think the ghost of Richard Attenborough is haunting my neighborhood. So for the past several years, you know, since Richard Attenborough passed away, I've been seeing a man um, walking around my neighborhood, which I say neighborhood, but like I live in a very heavily wooded area. Like, I don't know. It's not like a tract or anything. Um, and he is dressed in basically the same outfit that Richard Attenborough wears in the Jurassic Park movies. He's got a wide-brimmed hat, um, all beige. He wears, like, kind of a suit sometimes. Sometimes there's, like, a cape. Um, but it's usually pretty much the same outfit. And I just see him walking at night with a walking stick. And, you know, I guess this could potentially be just, like, a weird neighbor that I've never noticed before. But... I always see him around 1.30 a.m., um, usually only in the summer. And, yeah, I just like to think that it's the ghost of Richard Attenborough haunting my neighborhood. Also, I live, like, in rural, like, upstate New York. It has nothing to do with, like, Jurassic Park or anything like that. But I think that this is where he's uh, decided to live out his afterlife. So, yeah, hope that's um, interesting to you. Love the podcast. Love dinosaurs. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, keep making these. Love them. Okay, bye.
welcome to Sea Jurassic Right Minnesota Edition. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and I'm going to catch up with some of your emails and some of your phone calls. Again, people have been leaving uh, messages and sending emails and stuff, and tweeting and and messaging me on Instagram and stuff. Uh, I'm. This is just like I'm so happy. Uh, Obviously, I love doing My Favorite Murder, and I love doing the Percast and Popular Music, the podcast, and working on all these other shows, but I've just been so happy for the last two months sort of having Jurassic Park be back in my life in this regular kind of way where every week I get a, you know, even though the podcast isn't necessarily weekly, it's like I get to kind of have Jurassic Park in my life again every day regularly, Uh, and it's not just, you know, news about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but just kind of people's stories and everything like that. So it's been really, uh, it's been really cool. Like that opening uh, voicemail from Patrie about her <laughs> Richard Attenborough haunting. Uh, that is wild. I wonder, I wonder, I feel like sometimes old men just wander and some of them are creepy, some of them are not, and some of them are ghosts. So um, yeah, Patrie told me that story a little bit on Instagram and I just was like you have to call and I'll leave that because it's so bizarre uh, let us know if you're haunted by any other uh, you know if Bob Peck is roaming around in your backyard or something like that RIP um, I also wanted to talk about a few other things while we're getting um, while we're these minisodes I think are not only just going to be an opportunity uh, for listeners to hear from you know, you guys sending me your your voicemails and, and leaving your calls and stuff, but also maybe just catching up on some, you know, maybe catching up on some Jurassic Park news or just kind of other Jurassic Park things that are sort of going on. Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention right up top is the artist that's been replacing uh, Jurassic Park dinosaurs with cats. Uh, I've been getting this article from a whole bunch of people, and I'm really thankful Um I mean, there's a few websites that it's on, but Board Panda is where I was seeing the link a lot. A little Jurassic Park action, a little crossover with the Percast, maybe. Um, there's so many good ones. I mean, there's Chris Pratt instead of being chased by the Indominus Rex, uh, he's being chased by a fluffy Maine Coon, um, a kitten bursting out of an egg, uh, another uh, you know fluffy white cat, fluffy-ish white cat being. Uh, uh, being, uh, you know, roaring at Grant. So thank you, everyone, who's been sending that to me. I really appreciate it. Um, I wanted to mention briefly that I teamed up with Pop Sugar, uh, a really great website that's just, you know, they just, anything you want to know, entertainment news, movie news, uh, beauty, all that good stuff. Um, they let me write seven things you didn't know about Jurassic Park article, which uh, if you've listened to the second episode uh, where I did a lot of the facts with Heather Mason, um, I kind of like dived in a little more here and there about some of those facts. And I think the really interesting facts for, uh, you know, if you don't know any of that stuff, but also I think if you know them or, you know, if you're a more hardcore fan or something like that, I think there's some little nuggets there and stuff for you as well, too. But it's kind of, you know, the biggest like, oh, my gosh, like Tim Burton could have directed Jurassic Park, like that kind of crazy stuff. So uh, it's pretty cool. It's a nice little short little article. Um, It's over at Pop Sugar, and I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. And then I also wanted to mention before we get into some uh, some phone calls and some emails that over on the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, at C Jurassic Right on Instagram, at SJR Pod on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash C Jurassic Right. I started this kind of weekly 
uh, daily kind of themed posts and stuff, mostly because, again, since the main episodes come out once a month, uh, we have these mini-sodes right after the main episodes, and then Fan Fiction Fridays. Uh, you know, all that stuff is happening, but I also kind of just wanted to just keep up with stuff every day. So there's a couple of things on Sundays. It's Screen Grab Sundays, so I um, am just picking a screen grab from any of the four um, you know, soon to be five movies and posting screen grabs from those. So if you kind of want to like study a still or something like that, again, uh, I think it's pretty cool. And on Mondays, I'm doing a little office workplace comedy called Mesozoic Mondays. It's a Dilophosaurus and a Velociraptor. Uh, I haven't named them yet or anything like that, but you know, it's just these two characters. They're just, you know, in the office on Monday morning and it's sort of like catching up around the water cooler. Uh, and these, uh, two, these two dinosaurs, these two carnivores, uh, these are uh, original Kenner toys from my – actually, one of them is from my childhood, and the other one I found uh, at Frank & Sons, a really rad uh, nerd swap meet thing down in the city of industry here in uh, California. So Mesozoic Mondays, uh, that's – that one is just silly. Uh, Tops Tuesdays, uh, that is me just every day posting. Um, I'm going to be posting – uh, a different Jurassic Park trading card. I'm basically going in order. There's almost 200 in the original Jurassic Park run. Um, and it's just like a cool look, bit of 90s look at like the designs and kind of the tie-in material and how it reflects the movie without sort of spoiling it. Stuff like that I think is really interesting. And so these 90s tops cards kind of retell the movie in, in trading card form, but in a way that's not exactly accurate in certain places. So it's kind of interesting to look at that. Wednesdays, uh, that's Word Wednesdays, uh, just pulling quotes from whether it's Michael Crichton's books, these behind-the-scenes books that I have, uh, maybe from other dinosaur books, things like that. So um, just throwing a little words your way, little quotes and stuff like that. Um, and then on Thursdays, I'm <laughs> this is so stupid, I'm doing Unix System Thursdays, which is essentially I'm just finding random silly things to post. So it could be anything at this point, but... Uh, that's just like a little bit of fun ephemera to throw your way. Uh, that one is really fun to just think of like what weird screen cap or, or you know, bit of merchandise or so, something just weird to show off. Um, and then on Fridays, it's uh, Dinosaur Fridays. I know I could have done Fossil Fridays. That works better. But uh, these aren't these aren't fossils. These are dinosaurs. I'm just basically going to run through uh, all the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park and post uh, screen grabs from the movie so you can kind of see how these dinosaurs are sort of represented in movie form in the Jurassic Park franchise. So you can check all those out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let's get to, uh, let's get to some emails and phone calls. This first email has no subject. Just get straight to the point. Um, the email is from Aaron, and he says, Hello, Stephen. Hope you're having a lovely day. I wish I had a story like all the other emails, but honestly, I don't have one. I mean, you know, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> saying that, Jurassic Park still holds a special place in my heart because they're my favorite films, and that's it, basically. Look, you know what? At the end of the day, they're my they're my favorite films, too. Uh, I'm a huge lover of Land Before Time when I was little, so I think JP was always going to be the next best thing to me. Uh, I was born in the summer of 1991, so I was obviously too young to see the first JP movie in the cinema, but I remember the day me, my older brother... My ma'am, or mom, as you say in the U.S., and my dad went to see The Lost World at our local cinema. I didn't actually see the first JP film in cinema until I'd seen it with my then-boyfriend for its 20th anniversary release in 2016. I know, I feel like that 20th anniversary release, 
I mean, maybe should have even been bigger because I feel like it was actually a lot of people's first time seeing it in the theater. I'm pretty sure it was my first time seeing it in theater since, you know, since it since its original run. So basically, I saw it when I was a kid a couple of times. And then, you know, because they do screenings. I mean, they had a bunch of screenings all over L.A. this summer, too. But I didn't really make it out to any of those. But the 20th anniversary was sort of the second time I'd seen it in theaters, uh, you know, after its original run. So that was a pretty special moment as we were both huge fans. But being so young, when it was originally released, we didn't see it in the actual cinema. Anyhow, I remember mid-journey on the way to see The Lost World, my dad turned to me and said, You know none of this is real, right? It was released on July 18th here in England, so I guess we went to see it for my birthday five days later on the 23rd. I would have been six years old. He was obviously worried about how how scared I was going to be or how I was going to be after seeing it. He was right to worry. I was terrified. The scene with Kelly Malcolm and Sarah Harding in the in the petrol station, question mark. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that place is either. When they're digging to escape under the wooden fence and the raptor suddenly sticks its head under to try to get them, I still cry. Yeah, that scene still works for me all the time. Uh, and I think even the gymnastics scene, whole, I think, is even better now, personally. Uh, that's my only real memory I wanted to share, um, but just wanted to give myself a reason to share my love for you and your podcast. Thank you. I listened to you on Jackie's Natch Butte podcast. Being one of the few male listeners, it was nice to hear you as a guest. And learning that you share love of JP made me subscribe to this pod and follow you on every social media platform within seconds of hearing you talk about it. I told my ex-boyfriend, the one who I went to see the JP re-release with, about the pod too, so hopefully he will get in touch. All my love, Aaron. Uh, Thank you, Aaron. That's really sweet. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's like, as much as this podcast is about those personal connections... I think, and my favorite thing about fandom is it's really just about how it doesn't matter how you connect to it, but that you connect to it. And so that's really, I mean, you ended up having a memory. So I think that's really great. And um, thank you again for writing in. I really appreciate it. So on social media, I asked people what their favorite dinosaur was, and I got a lot of really cool answers, a lot of really interesting answers. So I'm going to play a couple calls uh, and, and read a couple emails that have people describing their favorite dinosaurs. So let's listen. Hi, uh, my name is Josh from Dallas. My Jurassic stories, um, I don't know if they're Jurassic Era or Jurassic Park, but then I used to really like Stegosauruses because of the razors on their back and also Velociraptors. But because I was a kid um, at the time the movies came out, I used to have with, with my siblings a what I called the, the Raptor Delivery Service. And I would um, act like a raptor. And for a quarter, I would, like, take something from one end of the house to the other end of the house. So I was pretty into dinosaurs for a long time and still find them really fascinating and can't wait to uh, hear more of the podcast. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Um, Oh, T-Rex arms, raptor arms, you name it, we got it. I I really think that's really cool. Obviously, Stegosaurus is super cool. And, yeah, I love the idea of this velo- – I mean, look, we saw Jurassic World. Who knows? You know, raptors are probably like a few years away from delivering the mail. So uh, as long as they don't eat me, it's fine. I mean, you know what? If they eat me, it's totally fine. Hi, Stephen. It is Madison calling you all the way from Canada. Um, I want to tell you about my favorite dinosaur. It is a brontosaurus. First of all, because Thunder Lizard is the best name ever. Uh, second of all, because I grew up watching The Land Before Time and Littlefoot was my favorite. They just seem so like kind and gentle. I know that's just how it's portrayed, but 
And I also kind of like that um, there is that whole drama, whether an Apatosaurus and Brontosaurus were the same thing, that people were like, no, Brontosaurus is its own thing, you know? Yeah. So that's my favorite dinosaur, and I look forward to hearing the others. Bye. Thank you, Madison, for that really sweet call. That was my friend Madison calling in. Uh, you know, sauropods are my favorite dinosaurs. I haven't, like, I mean, if you poke around, you can see what my favorite dinosaurs are. I feel like kind of related to, you know, when we just did our dinosaurs episode, it's like I feel like I have different favorite dinosaurs for different occasions and stuff. But sauropods are definitely on my list uh, for sure. Um, Shenosaurus being one of them. Obviously, from the original Jurassic Park movies, Brachiosaurus. And, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up the controversy because, you know, Brontosaurus is sort of like the Pluto of dinosaurs. Um, but there's that kind of cool thing where they're like, well, this name is still cool, like, and it's attached to so many memories. So if there's a way, if there's like a some loose bones hanging around that don't have a name yet, um, and, you know, again, all these sauropods are all unique in different ways, but they're all kind of, you know, they're all of one group, so why not, you know, use that name somewhere? And I'm being very, uh, skimming very light on the surface of the actual science, but, um, I mean, apotuses are still rad, uh, apotosauruses are still rad, camerasauruses are still rad, chasmosaurus, uh, wait, no, chasmosaurus is a ceratopsian, uh, uh, but, uh, diplodocus, you know, all the long necks, all the long neck friends, uh, but uh, thank you again, Madison, for uh, calling in. All right. So here's another email from Colby. It's titled 93 Baby. I, th- I think I'm just reading it that way. 93 Baby, watching it from the beginning. Uh, Colby says, Stephen, I've been meaning to email you. So here it goes. First of all, I was born in 1993, so Jurassic Park was released right before I was born. And I'm so happy you mentioned Lion King recently because that was and will always be my favorite movie of all time. And coincidentally, in coincidence, but Lion King was re-released in 3D for my birthday. Oh, whoa, that's so funny because, yeah, Jurassic Park released, re-released in 3D in theaters and IMAX for my birthday in April of 2013. That's so funny. I actually did see Lion King in 3D in theaters twice. Uh, but on to Jurassic Park. Honestly, my favorite dinosaur is the raptor. They're so freaking smart and fast. So freaking smart and fast. And you're always scared of them. They don't have teeny arms like T-Rex. I can't tell you how many times my brother and I watched Jurassic Park in The Lost World. I'm so excited that like Star Wars, I can go to the movies and see these films and actually remember seeing them when they came out. Love the podcast. It is a blast to the past and the current. I still watch it. I'm watching it now. And I don't know if you remember some of the more popular toys, but there's the RV from the Lost World where it can break apart, and there was one of those weird squeaks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These toys of the hatching raptor. Keep up the great work, Colby. Uh, thank you, Colby. Um, also my friend Colby. Uh, that's so funny. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, comment on. Yes, I love the RV. Actually, you know, for commenting about how spoiled I was for having all the toys uh, as a kid, I actually did not have the RV from the Lost World. But my uh, best friend growing up, Brian, had the had the RV that had like, yeah, you could like pull out this like you could like pull down one of the sides and you could see inside the lab and it came with Kelly and like. Yeah, and it came with, like, fences that you could attach to, like, kind of, like, thin copper-looking fences and stuff. Um, so I played it. I played with it at um, Brian's house, but I never owned it. But that's awesome. And then, yeah, I do remember that weird squeeze toy. There was all those weird squeeze toys in the 90s. Kind of strange. Anyway, thank you, Colby. Uh, I loved your email. Uh, let's read another one. My favorite dino. This email subject line reads, it's from Danielle. Hi, Steven. I love Jur- see Jurassic Rights so much, and I'm so glad you're sharing your love for Jurassic Park with this podcast. I saw your call for messages about your favorite dinos. Show me your favorite dinos! And mine is definitely Pachycephalosaurus. I was only five when Jurassic Park came out, but my brothers and I got really into the movies when we were around 11 or 12. Anyway, I liked Pachycephalosaurus because I was a little shit and liked to brag that I knew how to spell it and pronounce it, honestly, at a young age. Plus, I liked that it was different from everyone else's fave of the T-Rex or Velociraptor. Oh, shit. Throwing some shade. Just kidding. Um, I also liked that they would charge at each other and bump skulls to fight. I think I read that scientists now believe that they didn't actually do that too often, but I like to pretend that they still do. Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. Pachycephalosaurus is really rad. I remember really liking that dinosaur, especially when The Lost World came out. I mean, Parasaurolophus is still one of my f- faves. But in terms of design, the design of the Parasaurolophus and the design of the Pachycephalosaurus in The Lost World are so, so good. And st- I would say to me are some of the best, like when you see concept art for those animals, like still some of the best design work out of any dinosaurs in Jurassic Park in terms of they just look like real animals, like that you could just go to a zoo now and you would just see a pachycephalosaurus just kind of like huffing in a yard, like, you know, all dusty and hay and like, you know, them just kind of laying out in the sun and stuff like that. And um, I really like that they had that little nod at the beginning with Lauren Lapkus's character and Claire uh, with Bryce Ellis Howard and, and Jake Johnson, all of them kind of talking about the packies. Um right at the beginning of Jurassic World, but it was one of those things where you're like, oh, like, you know, you know, you never get to see them again in the movies. And I don't know, it would have been kind of fun to see them charging through a crowd of people or something like that. But hopefully, you know, we'll get to see them again in the Jurassic Park franchise, but who knows? Um, thank you, Danielle. And the last Dino email is from Wendy. Uh, the subject line reads, Fave Dinosaur. And she says, my favorite dinosaur is the Wendy Ceratops. It was discovered by a badass fossil hunter named Wendy Slobata, which happened, which I happened to share a first name with. I was like, hmm, is this Wendy? Is she emailing me? Um, uh, so, the, yeah, the badass fossil hunter named Wendy Sloboda. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, which I happen to share a first name with. The dinosaur, as you may have already figured out, is additionally named after her, which fulfills my childhood dream of having a dinosaur named after me. I also love that one of its distinguishable features is that it has curls on the rear rim of its neck frill, which makes it look quite beautiful. Um, 
And then Wendy signs off. She's like, all business, Wendy Dinosaur, my fave. Um, and then P.S. Wendy uh, Sloboda celebrated them naming the dinosaur after her by getting the following tattoo on her arm. And so to describe the uh, Wendy Ceratops, it is a Ceratopsian. So it's like a Triceratops or a Chasmosaurus, which I mentioned earlier, Styracosaurus, which uh, uh, our guest on the Dinosaurs episode, one of the guests on the Dinosaurs episode, or, you know, the main guest who I t- had the long conversation with, uh, Luce, uh, Styracosaurus is one of her favorite dinosaurs. Um, you know, um, Sarah from uh, from... Sarah from Land Before Time is a Triceratops, I believe. I'm probably going to go look it up after this. Uh, But yeah, so the woman has this just really badass uh, looking Ceratopsian on her arm. And the Wendy Ceratops has, yeah, these little sort of like, instead of having like horns sticking out like a Triceratops, it's sort of like the top of its frill has it kind of like curving over. So it's kind of got like a sweet hairdo. So uh, thank you, Wendy. That was awesome. And then I quickly wanted to read two messages that were on my Facebook by two of my friends about what their favorite dinosaurs were. So first one is from Danny, uh, my friend Danny, who um, is going to be on the Percast soon. She says her favorite dinosaur is a Parasaurolophus. They're in Jurassic Park. Question, you know, not a question mark, explanation point. Uh, as a kid, I got the tube of toy dinosaurs from the zoo, and I threw a concert in my backyard with them. The ankylosaurs were security. I had a Triceratops's backup singers, and I had one beautiful pink with blue stripes Parasaurolophus, who was the star of the concert. I don't know. The Parasaurolophus always looked like a rock star to me, but some people called them T-Rex snacks. Aww. Thank you, Danny. That's really... I mean, again, Parasaurolophus is one of my favorite dinosaurs, so... You know, she Parasaurolophus is the gem of the dinosaurs, uh, the gem of the dinosaur world. You know, and the second one I wanted to read is from my friend Anna. She exclaims, Brachiosaurus, how can you not love them? I fell in love with them when I watched Jurassic Park as a kid. Always wanted to feed them with a bundle of leaves and slide down their long necks. Lol, uh, hell yeah, that would be so much fun. I, there's like, I feel like there's imagery of that in uh, Dinotopia of like. Brachiosaurus is like holding ropes and people swinging on them or people sliding down their backs and stuff. I mean, I don't know if they'd like it, but it looks like it's fun. And yeah, Brachiosaurus, again, like iconic. I love sauropods. I just love really gentle giant creatures uh, like that. So um, thank you, Anna. Now I wanted to play this really cool phone call that I got from a woman named Maggie. Hi, Stephen. Um, My name's Maggie, and I am very, very, very thankful that this this podcast has become a thing. I'm 19 years old. I'm in college. I have really never known a life without Jurassic Park. I was born after kind of the demographic of most Jurassic superfans. I was born in 98, a year after The Lost World came out. So I've never known a life without this franchise, without dinosaurs even. I mean, my mom tells me the story all the time of how she used to um, read the book all the time, and the first time she read it was in one sitting on a car ride from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, so I think that's the reason why I've never known a life without it, is because both of my parents love it, both of my parents are obsessed with it, and they decided, why not show our kid these things? Why not show her Dinotopia and The Land Before Time and Jurassic Park? Because she loves them. I used to sit with dinosaur encyclopedias all the time when I was little, and I could say Pachycephalosaurus before I was four. That's something that my parents and I are very proud of for whatever reason. And I used to go to the Pittsburgh Museum every week, practically, 
and they're known for having one of the best dinosaur collections in the world. And before they remodeled, they used to have this great, great show where they would turn the lights down and pretend that we'd gone back in time 65 million years. So it was kind of like my own personal Jurassic Park, except nothing moved, and I was a little bit scared of a light show. But Jurassic Park, to me, has been something that has been the only constant in a life that's had a lot of change. I mean, my parents divorced. I don't know why it seems to be like a thing that Jurassic Park was what I held on to after that divorce, but I did. I think it's the reason that I have become the strong person that I am today. I mean, I remember looking back, I look back and I remember idolizing Ellie Sattler and Lex Murphy and Sarah Harding and Kelly and now Claire with Jurassic World. And I just remember thinking, these women are smart and they're strong and they're badass and no one's telling them they can't be. And I think that's one of the biggest things that Jurassic Park has has given me is major female role models that are allowed to be females and are allowed to be badasses at the same time. I mean, it's something that not a lot of other things in media have, especially not 90s and early 2000s media. So, um, and I mean, I'm just, I at this point, I'm just rambling because I don't, I mean, this, this franchise means so, so much to me. I'm in the process of getting a Jurassic Park tattoo. I mean, I still have to organize the time for it and everything, but I'm planning on getting Life Finds a Way. Oh my gosh, Maggie, your phone call cut off. Um, but, uh, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see another one. So um, please, please message me back. I'm really touched by your uh, phone call. Uh, yeah, Jurassic Park really is a big, you know what it is? Because Steven Spielberg, I think, was very affected by his divorce. And I think it's kind of become a big calling card of the franchise, really. I mean, if you think about it, Jurassic Park has the weekend that this event happens, Lex and Tim's parents are getting a divorce. In the Lost World, Ian Malcolm is obviously divorced or not married to any. Well, I guess, you know, ex Mrs. Malcolm. So he he did he did it the proper way and got divorced to uh, Kelly's mom. And in Jurassic Park 3, Paul and Amanda Kirby are divorced. I mean, they sort of get back together at the end, but I I doubt it's going to last. And, uh, you know, Eric's parents. And in Jurassic World, there is the threat of the divorce that is happening um, with Gray and Zach, you know. And it remains to be seen uh, who's getting a divorce in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But I mean, no, I mean, Jurassic Park's been a huge constant in my life as well. And... Yeah, I love, obviously, I, you know, grew up adoring Dr. Ellie Sattler and Lex is so cool. And I'm so glad that you found these these women to look up to and stuff in these movies because they are badass. And I love uh, each and every one of them. And I love Claire. Uh, I wrote a bunch of stuff about how much I love Claire uh, that I haven't linked to yet on this podcast, but I will. I wrote an article for Mary Sue, a really great website, and I wrote an article for Thought Catalog and in a Jurassic World review, I talked about her a lot as well on her journey and stuff. So uh, I'll link those actually in this episode so you can check them out because I think her role as the main character in the rest of the franchise is, is something that's I think is really interesting and I hope um, creates a creates a cool, complex, uh, you know, character that we can kind of follow uh, into this new franchise. So thank you, Maggie, for your phone call. Um yeah, if there's, I want to see the progress of your tattoo. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Again, 
I am I don't have any tattoos, but I want to get a dinosaur tattoo. So uh, I will definitely let people know when that happens. Maybe I'll record live from the, you know, live from the 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 tattooing. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to read one last email uh, before we sign off on minisode number two. Um, it's from Renee and it says lost fan fiction as the subject line. And she says, hey, Stephen, my biggest regret in life is that I no longer have a copy of the Jurassic Park fan fiction I wrote as a nine-year-old. In it, Lex discovers the baby dinosaur that is stowed away in her backpack after she returns from Isla Nublar. Holy shit. She keeps that under her bed and brings it to school, and it gets rid of bullies for her. I didn't have much to do with the original movie, but I thought it was pretty cool at the time. Also, she does a lot of quote-unquote hacking, but since I didn't really know what hacking was, I imagine my descriptions were pretty off-base. Looking forward to more episodes. Renee. Oh man, that's fucking cool. Renee, that was awesome. Thank you for your email. That's that that fan fiction sounds so cool. Um I, yeah, I always imagine that like that Lex, you know, by the time Jurassic World rolls around, she's an adult and you know, she's just kind of she's gone like full matrix trinity status and is like a hacker trying to bring down Jurassic World, you know, um, if Arena Richards ever came back to the franchise, that would be so cool to see her as, yeah, just as this like badass hacker activist type. But I love that fan fiction idea. It's very, it's funny because I think the original, one of the original conceptions for Jurassic Park that Michael Crichton had was the idea that it was like a graduate student that had somehow cloned a dinosaur and was like trying to hide it. It sounds like hilarious hijinks ensue kind of thing. But I really like that, like Lex and the, you know, Lex and the Brachiosaurus or Lex and the Brontosaurus. Lex and the Brontosaurus sounds like a children's book kind of thing that would be that I would love to read. So um, thank you, Renee. And uh, thank you again, everybody, for uh, leaving your phone calls and emailing me and stuff like that. I, it really means a lot. I'm so glad that I just ha- get to have this in my daily life now every day. Um, and hopefully maybe this podcast and all the stuff I'm doing for it is hopefully fun and fascinating to you guys again um, if you follow along on social media, you can see all the different posts that I make every day. And if anybody has any suggestions for stuff or your thoughts, I'd love some reviews, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, but again, this has been Minisode 2. <laughs> okay, that sounds more like a cat. You can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at SeeJurassicRide at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.